Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Jo Milmine and this is episode 146, Life Audit, aka what happens when you consider a full and complete de-stash. If that's alright, I need a drink, I need a friend, I need your help. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 146 of the Shiny Bees podcast. I'm Jo, I'm your host, and I'm back with you again today, which is Tuesday the 26th of May 2020, with another episode of the show. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about what happens when you consider a full and complete D-stash, aka life audit line what is that about? Uh, That's happened to me this week and I thought I would talk to you about it because I can't be the only one. I don't believe I am the only one. With everything that's going on crazy wise outside of our houses right now, (laughs) I think we've all gone through various ups and downs of the corona coaster and considering a full and complete de-stash, I think is one of them. So that's what I'm going to talk about today and If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. And if you are a returning listener, thank you as always for coming back and spending a bit more time with me. I really appreciate you listening and I love hanging out with you as you know and as I tell you often. So it's good to be here again with you. So yeah, I think everyone's had a massive dose of WTF this week, haven't they? And, you know, me included, quite apart from the whole, I might just de-stash everything that I own. Yarn-wise, WTF, um, our government's been giving us like loads and loads of banter. I'm not going to get into it, you know, I'd, I'd stay firmly away from the, the political stuff on here other than to say like, Dominic Cummins, you've given me meme gold today. I have not seen memes this good since week two when we were all talking about Carol Baskin. So thank you for that. It's about the only thing you're offering. And uh, I'll take it, frankly. Uh, the memes have been quality absolutely brilliant if you can pull out an alan partridge meme uh, out of uh, the absolute show that's going on dog show that's going on at the moment then um fair play um, but for all the rest of you who are not in the uk i hope you are keeping well whatever you are in the world i'm all right i'm in the north i'm doing okay i've uh, managed to get sainsbury's to deliver to my house now so ah, so excited so excited uh, so life's pretty cushy, really. Once you can get Sainsbury's and you can get a curry, then what else really do you need more than that? Um, so yeah, all good in the hood here. And I've been working on my yoga with Adrienne, which I think is in no small way contributing to my great mood during the last few weeks. It's day 30 tomorrow. That's that the last day of the one I'm doing. I'm doing home. I know a lot of other people are also doing yoga with Adrienne at the moment. And I'm I'm sold. I love her. I don't care how manufactured her channel was to start with. She's brilliant. I love the dog. I, I go for the dog, to be honest. I go for Benji. Don't go for the yoga. Why would I? And excited because then, you know, I'm going to have to go on to something else. So it's been super uh, motivating, really. And I haven't felt 
anywhere near as self-conscious without a massive mirror to show me my backside when I'm trying to do any of these sort of shapes. And also I've kind of gone in, it's like a beginner program. So I've gone in like actually being reasonably good at it after going to the hardcore Chinese version for so long and doing all of these really hard things that I thought I was really bad at and that everyone else could do when the reality is that all the other people have been doing it for years and that's why they're so good at it and I wasn't actually anywhere near as bad as I thought. Funny thing, eh? Funny thing. When you actually compare yourself to a proper comparable, how you're not as dreadful as you imagined. I mean, we've never seen that before. So yeah, I've been doing that. And she's she's very kind, like the way she speaks and the, a lot of the things she says just resonate quite well with me. Like she's always like, you know, don't do more than you have to, find what feels good, all of this thing. So I've been listening to this like every day for the last 30 days. And it got me to kind of, I don't know if it's her fault that I've had like not even a passing consideration, a strong consideration for a full and complete de-stash, but it's happened and and I, I basically I need to come and confess and, and talk to you about it. So get yourself a rooibos. I've just stoved in a rooibos and honey with milk. Everyone was very, very supportive of the rooibos drinking on Instagram. And get your knitting and we'll crack on with the show. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today to confess to giving more than a passing consideration to a full and complete de-stash of my yarn, which I'm calling a life audit. Let's not call it a midlife crisis because as I've already said to you before, I'm nowhere near midlife yet. I'm going to crack on till I'm at least 120. I'm only 37, not barely a quarter of the way through let's face it. So not a midlife crisis, maybe a mid-corona crisis, but is it a crisis? Is it a crisis? This is the big question. Is it a crisis to consider a full and complete de-stash? Now, I know people who've done this before. I remember Amy from Knit Spin Cake doing a very aggressive de-stash a few years ago very aggressive de-stash, pretty much got rid of everything. By the way, if you used to listen to Nip Spin Cake and haven't heard it for about eight or nine years because it's not been um, podcasting, Amy is back and she's podcasting again. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But I've I've known people who've done a very vigorous de-stash. Normally, if someone's moving somewhere, they do a very vigorous de-stash. Now, I move house all the time, so I don't do that. Or if someone's moving continents and they've got to pay for shipping, they will do a vigorous de-stash. Or other reasons will prompt people to do a very aggressive, some may say full, de-stash. Some people never get to having a stash. They're not stash people. They see something they want to make. They find the pattern. They find the yarn. They knit the thing. They wear it. They don't, they don't keep a stash. I've never wanted to be one of those people. Ever. I like having stuff around me. I collect things. I'm a collector. I collect yarn. Everybody collects something. It's a thing. It's okay. Yarn makes me happy. Having a collection makes me happy. Or it did. Or it did. Um. Yeah, like I lo- I've got a, a considerable selection of yarn and I love buying yarn and I'm not, I've never been on a yarn diet and I'm never going to go on a yarn diet 
because I don't believe in dieting when it comes to yarn. And I also believe that the stash is the is more than the sum of its parts. It's it's a pool of potential. It's not a collection of yarn. It's not hoarding or anything negative. It is a a, a vessel for creativity and inspiration that is bigger than the sum of its parts. That is bigger than the individual skeins. What's it called? Is it synergy? Yeah, where it ends up being bigger. Anyway, I believe in that. But I've been considering a full and aggressive de-stash. Now, I don't really know why either because it's not like I've got a ton of stuff in there that I don't like because that's, that's just not true. And I will use all of it at some stage for sure. But I just woke up one day and thought I might just I might just get rid of all my yarn. Like I might just scrap it and start again. Like I like the stuff in there, but there's so much beautiful yarn in the world. There's enough beautiful yarn for everyone. Like there's always going to be another skein. Like it doesn't matter how favourite your favourite skein is or your golden skein is. Blast from the past there. It doesn't matter how golden your skein is. There'll, there'll always be another skein. There'll always be another chance. There'll always be another favourite. There'll always be more. There is more yarn than any of us would ever need. There is no shortage of yarn for all of the knitters to have all of the yarn that they want. So there'll always be another one. Even if all of the ones I've got now just disappeared into thin air, there would always be another one. Which is interesting because some people like talk about their stash and, and get panicky about the thought of losing it. But I just suddenly got to this point where I'm like, well, even if it all went somewhere, I, I would find more. There is more. There's more for everyone. And I don't know whether it, it's just some kind of like fresher depletion from being indoors for so long or whether it's just a, a change in attitude or what's important. But I fully reached this point where I'm like, I might just like get rid of it all. And even just like take it to a charity shop or something, just just remove it from the house. Not because I feel like I'm doing anything bad by having it, just because I feel like doing it. And I should add, I've ordered a skip. Like I am in the middle of a massive clear out. And I think coming back to a house that stood empty for a year also doesn't help because you come back and think, well, I don't need all this stuff. I've had it for ages. But I'm also feeling like things are not how I want them to be. And I feel like there is a need to clear the decks. Like just, just start again, just rip it up, just get a fresh piece of paper and get rid of the stuff you don't need and start again. Like I just feel that that's something that keeps coming back to me all the time. And I'm murder because I'm, I'm one of those people that will save things in case they're useful because it really annoys me if on the off chance that I want to do something and I don't have the thing that I need to do that thing right now, it bugs me. It bugs me quite a lot. Like I like knowing if there's some random stuff I want to do, I can go get the pieces from in my house and do it right then. So I do tend to save things because, oh, well, that'll be useful. But I've just reached a point where I'm like, no, those business cards in my top drawer, my, the top drawer of my desk, that they've been there since 2014. And that one guy, there's, there's, I've got a Sherwin Dupes Bryce. And I remember the dude, like he was at, it was at a conference I was at and he just randomly decided to pitch up from St. Lucia, just flown in. He does music. I remember him, but I've never emailed the guy. I'm never going to email him. Like, So why do I need his business card still? I don't need it. So I'm just feeling this whole thing about 
the yarn and using stuff or maybe starting again with the yarn and I started to think about like what that's about and a lot of it I think is about waiting like waiting till you finish this project before starting another one waiting for the perfect opportunity to use that skein of yarn waiting till you have enough time to cast something on without being interrupted there's, there's, there's a lot of waiting kind of coming up for me, either consciously waiting, like now I'm consciously waiting to cast on my new nurturing fibres yarn in a beautiful colour that's the colour that I'm only going to wear from now on because I need to finish the jumper I'm halfway through. So I'm kind of consciously waiting there, but I don't want to finish the jumper I'm halfway through. So nothing's getting knitted, you know? And it's this idea of sort of, you know, like insisting on doing things yourself when you've got lots of competing priorities. So, I mean, I could just get someone else to knit that jumper for me. Like, I, could, I totally could. Like, my mother-in-law's at home. She's a great knitter and she's really fast. And if I ask her, she'll do it because she's nice like that. I could just ask her to knit it for me. And then I'd have a jumper. I could, you know, I could do that. Or I could just stop waiting for some undetermined, open-ended amount of time in the future where I will, when I will have finished this other jumper and I will have had the time to sit down and I will have made that a priority and finished it and then start this other thing that I really want to start working on and it's sort of it's in the knitting because I feel a little bit annoyed about the number of projects I've got lying around three quarters finished but there's also like annoyance in the house like the jobs that are half done like we need to paint our fence outside and I can't quite decide what colour I want to paint it except I don't want it to be that grey colour that everyone's painting the fence right now there are lots of other colours. It doesn't have to be that grey colour. But I can't pick a colour. So now every time I look at that fence, I feel a little bit annoyed. In the same way that every time I look at the massive pile of whips in the corner, I feel a little bit annoyed that I've not finished them. And if that wasn't there, if the fence was painted and the whips were either finished, frogged or got rid of, the annoyance wouldn't be there. But how does that manifesting creativity like how does that little bits of annoyance because we're all stuck in our houses now aren't we like so we're looking at things and things that we wouldn't have noticed before because we don't spend enough time at home for the most part I, as some people do and I know some listeners do spend an awful lot of time at home but for me even though I work from home uh, when I when we were back in the UK I was working from home on my own business stuff and my coaching and everything I would still like not see things that I now see and feel really annoyed about that I really want them to be fixed. And I'm not a massive perfectionist, but it's those low level niggles that you think, oh, I really wish that, you know, that wasn't there or that was painted or that was fixed or someone else would, could come and glue the arm back on Zelda that's been snapped off 15 times. You know, little bits of detritus, like littered jobs everywhere. And I feel like in that in the way that applies to kind of life, like it annoys me seeing the littered bits of jobs that need to be done. It it translates into you when you're making things as well. And I think if you've got too much clutter in your making and your creativity, then maybe that affects what you, you know, what you output from a creative point of view, whether that is work-wise or for fun or to relax or whatever. 
if there's too much clutter around it, it makes it difficult. It's not to say I'm going full up Marie Kondo because I'm totally not. All of my books bring me joy, apart from the ones that don't and I send them away. But it just feels a little bit congested. The house feels a little bit congested with bits of jobs that need to be done. Too much history lying around that isn't offering, like Bryce Blessing, isn't really offering, showing dupes Bryce, isn't really offering me anything productive and it's it's taking up space what that something else could occupy that is more suitable to what I want to be doing and what I'm thinking about in the same way that you know probably all those SLJs shitty little jobs that as we call them in the military in SLJ have been you know I probably would have done all of those little annoying jobs if I wasn't doing yoga but I don't have any space for that anymore because I'm doing my yoga my yoga is my priority like it makes me feel good so I'm going to do more of that so it kind of became like a metaphor for life. Like if my stash isn't bringing me, it's not making me feel good and it's it's making me work harder than I need to. What else can I just get rid of out of life that is making me work harder than I need to and isn't, you know, doesn't feel good? Um, which is a little bit confusing. Like there's nothing that brings on an existential crisis more than like a full up knitter with a K deciding they might get rid of their entire, well, they are getting rid of their entire stash. Don't start, listen, listen, get off Ravelry. Don't start going on there yet. I've not I've only posted a few things on Instagram getting rid of like I'm I'm not there yet right because I, I had a little bit of a a panicky reality check afterwards so don't start sh- stop shopping my stash yet because we're not there yet stick with me okay she says pointing a Lamy pen at the screen to the people who aren't in the screen <laughs> um, but yeah like all that is to say that I'm I'm doing a, a complete I'm doing a complete life audit but in in that the important part of that to you is I'm also doing a complete stash audit a full audit now that might take the form of a full d stash which doesn't make me feel panicky or sick like it would have done at one time which is probably probably telling it could take the form of a vigorous reorganization of the stash it could be somewhere in between it could be none of those things. I might just leave it in the cupboard a bit longer because I can't see it. It's behind the doors, you know? And I think when you don't see it, it's also the back of your mind. I've had this long-held fantasy of having like this, remember those old-fashioned 70s drinks cupboards? Like the, my granny used to have one. It's like a China display cupboard and it had all these little trinkets and bits and bats in it. It was in the front room and that's where like her best glasses would be. And I got her best glasses when she died and I only had one left and then someone stayed in my house and put it in the dishwasher and it was from the 1970s. So there's like basically none of the pattern left on it now, which makes me a little bit sad. But I have a long held fancy of having like this glass cabinet with this yarn in it that isn't obviously isn't in direct sunlight, but is in a place where you can appreciate it every day and maybe pick it up and, and use it a little bit more. Um. But how does your stash like make you feel is an interesting question. Like how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel warm and happy or does it make you feel a little bit panicky? Does it make you feel guilty? Should never make you feel guilty, but does it make you feel guilty? Why do you feel guilty about that? Like it's, you know, there's a lot, it's just yarn, right? It's just yarn, but it's not just yarn. There's like a lot wrapped up in, in the yarn and the creativity and the making of things. Like how does your knitting make you feel? Do you feel under pressure to keep up with a, a knit along? Do you feel like you're not knitting the best, greatest thing? Do you feel like your knitting's not as good as other people? Do you feel like they they turn out more knitting than you, so you're not as good? Like, how how does that work? You know, how does it make you feel? 
And I think another question that came up was like, what are you missing from your knitting life at the moment? Like for me, a lot of the knitting, the knitting is almost secondary. Like I like to do it. It makes my my mind order. Like I get really great ideas when I knit. I like to make stuff. I like, I love being warm. Like I'm such a reptile. I love being warm. I love the stories of the hand-tied yarn and the people behind it because I feel like I'm making something with their art. Like I love all of that. But a lot of, of my knitting life is about the people that I've met and that I spend time with. And we come from all of these different places and we all travel to these different events and we all get together and we chat like it's been no time at all because they are the people who are as crazy about this thing as as we are, as, as I am, as you are. And, and that's that's pretty special. You know, the ones who will go that distance, who will travel that far to go to a yarn show and meet up with their friends and do everything that goes along with that. I'm I'm missing a lot of that at the moment. I'm I've been away as well, which doesn't help, but I'm missing that those faces, those people, the squishy hugs. I love hugging people. All of that, you know, the energy, the people. I'm missing all of that. Maybe that ties into the whole let's get rid of all the yarn and start again. I don't know. Um but it was just something that is kind of going through my head as in a crafting point of view at the moment. And it's a little bit of a kind of step change in pace to what you used to, comedy cat patterns. That's the last episode in case you've missed it. But I thought I would put it out there because quite often when I'm thinking something, you are as well. And people will come back to me and say, oh yeah, I'm totally in that place right now. I know what you mean. I've just had that a couple of months ago and this is what I did. And you know, I like to crowdsource ideas and bring them all together and, and discuss them so we can kind of all learn from each other. I'm a proper community cuddly huggy kind of person like that. And you know, everyone has great ideas. I like to borrow other people's good ideas and share them around with everyone else so we can all learn. So what am I going to do about it? Because you know what I'm like. I don't like to just sit there and, and say it and then not do anything. I'm a bit of a doer. So I've ordered a skip and that was meant to be delivered today, but they were running a bit behind. So I said they can bring it tomorrow morning. And a lot of like householdy rubble from the garden, rubbish from wherever is going into that because the tip is open, but you can only get a like one slot and then you can only bring a certain type of thing. So you can only take textiles or you can only take cardboard or you can only take that per appointment. So I'm like, no, nah, screw it. I'm getting a skip. Like I feel like it needs to be a bit more theatrical and symbolic. It needs to be an event, not just pulling up to the tip and throwing things in it. So I've ordered a skip that's coming tomorrow and they'll recycle everything. They've got their own recycling plant at the skip place. So I feel guilt-free and it will all be anyway separated into bags to be as, as it should be recycled because that's just how I roll. Um, but I'm also going to take a look at a resource that I was um, sent, given, gifted by um, Kate Carter-Evans of Infinite Twist when I met her last, so not this January, February, it was January, February 2019 when I was in Singapore. She's based in Singapore. She's a friend of my friend May, lovely lady. And she'd put together this workbook, this process, this exercise for stash fit like do you have a stash that fits it's not about and she's very keen to mention that, that it's not about hardcore de-stash having this having that about any rules it's about do you have a stash that fits you which I think is a really interesting 
subject and a way of thinking about it and it's quite an involved process like it's not just a case of you know pick it up do you spark joy right keep it otherwise no it, there's there's quite a lot behind it to analyze what kind of things you make and whether you're likely to use them or not and like a good like good clean process for it so i will have a look as well at that um i don't know whether i will use the full process for the whole time We'll have to see. I'm going to dig into it and see how I get on. But I'm very like, oh, no, get rid of it. No, I get a bit theatrical halfway through. So we'll see how I get on with that. But I will be taking a review of that. You can find, um, if you don't want to wait till then, Infinite Twist um, is her uh, her company name. She's a yarn dyer. And I'll put a link in the show notes. The show notes will be at shinybees.com 145 forward slash 145. So you can go and find it there. It is $10 for the workbook. And yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, that's where I am in life right now. A major life audit is occurring. Head over to all the socials. Let me know if you're in in this place with me. If you are in this sort of season right now where you want to get maybe get rid of your whole stash. I do have a spinning wheel that I'm going to get rid of as well. I think I never spin on it. Like it's just in the corner, you know, like stuff like that that needs to be freed. I'm yeah, I'm interested to hear if you are doing this maybe we could team up maybe we could get a little gang together who are working on this for moral support or you know ideas or whatever because there's a lot there's a lot wrapped up in our yarn there's a lot of memories and feelings and yeah stuff in there it's not just yarn it's never just yarn so if you need a bit of help hit me up we can make a plan we can support each other through it Full and complete D-stash. Gosh, can you imagine? Can you imagine do like an Instagram flipping live auction? Um, incidentally, I do like forgot about this till the last last minute at the end. I do have a D-stash account. It's called Shiny Bees D-stash on Instagram. I've already put some yarn on there that's definitely going. Um, but when I figure out what what is happening with that and if any of it is going to be freed, then I will... I'll put it on there so you can uh, get involved if you want to. So yeah, that's all I have time for this week with the show. I'll be back again next week. Maybe I'll have a stash. Maybe I won't. Maybe my skip will be full. Maybe it won't. I mean, hanging on a knife edge here now, aren't we? But I will be back next week for sure with you with another episode of the show. But until then, please have a lovely week. Take care. Happy crafting, and I will speak to you again soon. Cheers! You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found on our website at shinybees.com forward slash 146. And if you've enjoyed today's show, please do get in touch, info at shinybees.com shiny bees on any of the socials and if you'd like to leave a review on itunes or your podcatcher of choice i would really appreciate it i need a drink i need a friend i need your help